The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Divers and Mullenites alike, welcome back, welcome back. What is up? What is up? I'm slowly turning that into my catchphrase. Uh, I don't know any other podcaster that uses what is up, what is up, and I don't really know how that started. I should go back and listen to some old episodes. I may I'll find the origins of it. Who knows? But anyway, welcome back. As I said before, we have a fun episode ahead of us today, and I uh, got another guest on. And we're going to be jumping in through some uh, music history of the guest and their interest and taste of music, really. Vinyl, stuff like that, of the sorts. And I, I, I usually do a big, long buildup. And for this guest, I'm going to try and make it short, sweet, and simple, directly to the point. This person, if you don't already recognize him by the name in the episode, and you're going, who the hell is that? I'm going to let you guys know right off the bat. He is a myth, a legend to some. He is a hero to many. He is the unofficial voice of retro gaming in the multiverse, according to me, I feel. And to most uh, blisters, I don't know if they're called that, are they? Yeah, yeah, that's what we call them. Blisters, yeah, to most blisters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and as you guys can hear, it is him, the one, the only, Johnny Townsend. He is a fellow friend podcaster one of the original og network board founding members and uh it's been a while and i don't think i've ever been able to get him to come on vinyl divers and you know it took a little bit of bribery a little bit of twisting the arm and a little bit of threatening i feel what is up what is up i don't think anybody uses that (laughs) uh thank you for having me (laughs) i appreciate it very much anthony uh, I love music, and I was very, very jealous when I randomly found out that you had interviewed somebody from Five Iron Frenzy, and I hope we get into it, but I have quite the history with that band in particular. Really? Really? Yes. Huh. Yeah, uh, I do, I do. Uh, I, too, grew up in a church. I believe that uh, Jeff the Girl kind of has a similar story with that, and... I actually found out about Five Iron Frenzy at a church camp I used to go to all the time in Kentucky. And to this day, that place has a special uh, place in my soul. I, I, I love that place. I met some awesome friends there. But everybody would talk about Five Iron Frenzy. And I didn't know what they were. And I know you, Anthony, I know you mm-hmm. love ska. I, if I'm being honest, I was never... I, I like some ska, but it just it took a lot for me to like a ska band. I didn't like all of it. Like, there's a lot of it that I was... Just couldn't get into for whatever reason. And uh, they were like, yeah, it's a ska band. It's how they would explain Five Iron Frenzy to me. They were a Christian ska band. I was like, uh, eh. You know, that's kind of my first reaction to that. I was like, why would I want to give that a try? It sounds awful. <laughs> it but sounds then, amazing. It, but then when I actually gave it a chance, somebody actually burned me a copy. This is back in the day when you burn people's CDs. <laughs> right. Burned me a copy of one of their albums and said, just give it a listen. I was blown away. I 
absolutely adored it and loved it. Um, but the songs on Five Iron Frenzy that I gravitated to, and this is just me with songs in general, just mm-hmm. any song, are the ones that sort of tell a story. I really love songs that kind of have a story in it that aren't just trying to uh, be poems, sort of. I mean, I like those too, don't get me wrong. But yeah. the songs that really stick out in my head, the ones that I really go back and re-listen to time and time again, are the ones that tell a story. So then I found out that the a lot of the people from Five Iron Frenzy, uh, including the lead singer Reese, had another band coming out in the early 2000s called Brave Saint Saturn. I was like, I'll give this a shot, and I absolutely fell in love with it. I love them more than Five Iron Frenzy, if I'm being honest, uh, because it's three albums, Anthony. It's three albums, and they tell a complete story. It's a trilogy, sort of. All three of them tell one whole story uh, about these astronauts that go up into space, and then all these things happen to them. And it tells a complete story like that, and each song sort of has its own feel to it and there's some really epic songs on there that really tell the whole story and then there's some that are on there that are just you know some fun you can really sense the five iron frenzy feel to some of them uh and but man i don't know i just this song just really appealed to me and i'm so jealous that you got to even talk to anybody that was a that was part of five iron frenzy or brave saint saturn well dude i'm gonna tell you i think i've heard of brave saint saturn once or twice before when uh, the friend Phil that I had back in high school that I mentioned about how I found out, found out about Fiverr and Frenzy, I'm pretty sure I heard about Brave Saint Saturn from him and his wife, but I never ended up listening to him because nothing against religion is just, I'm not a, usually a big fan of religious mu- Christian music just because I'm not. Right, a, I get that, yeah. And it's nothing about like music that says about God. Like, it's nothing against it. It's just, I feel like if you're not a, uh, if you're not a, I don't know if you'd say a follower of religion. Some of the some of the songs that tell stories that are very heavily pushed, that are very heavily Christian, it's it's hard to relate to it on a level that somewhat uh, compared to someone that is religious that would relate to it. Yeah, I a hundred percent understand that and get that. Um, for me, growing up Christian, and I am in the Bible Belt down here in the South too. That probably has a lot to do with it, but uh, it. I totally get that because the songs that they would play that got popular in uh, Christian music that they would play, like, I mean, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, but like the big Christian bands that mm-hmm. they would play, I couldn't get into them either. I felt they were too heavy handed. I thought they were, uh, you know, when they, whenever they bring up anything to do with beliefs or anything like that, and I was like, man, it sounded so hokey to me, you know? And I was like, I just, like, this isn't going to do anything for anyone. So I would gravitate toward these bands or these um or these uh or, or these singer songwriters who and not all of them are christian obviously i don't just listen to christian music mm-hmm. but um who were less known who wouldn't get radio play i would gravitate toward them like a brave saint saturn uh i would just gravitate toward them because you know i wouldn't hear them on the radio but they also felt like they had a voice and that they were trying to say things in a more creative way than just coming out saying you know you know, I love Jesus or whatever. They weren't just saying that because uh, I don't really think that does anything for anybody. I mean, I know it helps some people out who are already religious or whatever, but I think just for like the layman or, or whoever, if you have a true message, it's going to be more than just, you know, whatever. Uh, hey, this is what I believe kind of thing. It's going to be 
Uh, Five Iron Frenzy does it very well along with Birth State Saturn. There's there's a tinge, especially in the later Five Iron Frenzy albums, there's a tinge of despair and a tinge of uh, of darkness there. But there's also, within that darkness, there's a light, there's a hope, too, at the same time. And I think it's the kind of stuff that I usually kind of gravitate toward, Christian or not. Mm-hmm. I uh, I really do like that because I'd say, uh, just, just in general, from me listening to, just from where, where you went as far as Fiverr and Frenzy, the, uh, you, I don't know if you did it on purpose or if you were punny on purpose or not, man. I mean, as friends, I know I know you plan stuff and you are just quick-witted and and you're smart on that one. But Five Iron Frenzy, a few of their songs, and I, I'm pretty sure I think even some of the Brave St. Saturns, it's the whole uh, light still flies or the hope still flies or uh, yeah. light still comes through in some of their lyrics. And just like, I, I get it. Like, uh, underneath all this darkness, there is still this light. And it's kind of like, all right, I like this. And that's one of the reasons I think I definitely did become attracted to Five Iron Frenzy is that it wasn't heavy, heavy, heavy religion. It was just like, right. listen, we're having fun because we're a ska band. But then also... If you look, if you needed some motivation and inspiration, I felt like you know the at that time in my life, I I ended up actually uh, going to going to church a good amount um, with a friend. <clears throat> I don't know if you, I don't know what kind of church you've gone to or you would attend, but up here there's like one of those mega churches. Like I've been to the Catholic yeah. small churches and I've been to like one or two like Lutheran churches, but like I went to one of those mega churches where it's just Christian, non denomination, have fun. Like they have the band play. And I was like, all right, I like this. And uh, during that point in my life, some of the more of the religious stuff from Five Iron Frenzy was very helpful. And I'd say, even though I'm not religious, it still did its purpose because it got me through some really beat up and tough times. And yeah. I think ultimately that's the biggest thing about music. You know, music is this one thing that regardless of what you're feeling, what language you speak, uh, what is ever going on, when you find a... Is- isn't it kind of strange how um, music, I know, I know everybody knows this, that music evolves, but it also evolves when it comes to people who identify themselves as religious or Christian, because I remember, because I grew up in a Mennonite church, I grew up in a Mennonite church, and uh, it literally came from a time where, because by the time I was old enough to understand things, uh, we already had a piano, right? We had a person who played the piano and stuff. But then my grandpa would tell me these stories that, like, that was a big deal when they got the piano because a lot of people didn't want it. They felt it was too mainstream or whatever, and that was wrong. They shouldn't go that way. So the fact they got a piano was <laughs> kind of a huge deal. And then I remember my mom telling me stories of, uh, you know, my mom loved Elvis Presley, right, just for an example. And grandpa thought he was awful. He was, you know, <laughs> too many drums, and stuff. I still have uh, distinct memories of when there was a drum in our church, and I haven't. And just full, just to be fully transparent, I haven't been to church in a while now, but uh, still consider myself a Christian. But uh, the one time I remember our church had brought in a drum set, and my grandpa literally walked out. <laughs> so, oh, wow! Just from a drum set, and my grandpa was a great. I love him and really miss him to this day. But you know that made him walk out. So it's it's just really strange to me how things just kind of evolved from there and just different things speak to different people that's why i would never blame somebody for not getting into a band or whatever i like because you got to find something that speaks to you you know it might not even be the same genre of music it might be something completely different and that's also why when i was younger i would always make fun of like nickelback just use them as an example because they were a big band when i was uh, coming out of high school 
but they were very much mainstream and sort of, in my opinion, kind of hokey, especially where they'd come from. And, but now I'm like, you know what? If it helps you, I'm not going to judge it. Listen, I, my guilt, one of my guilty pleasure songs that I play is uh, Photographs. Yes. Yeah. I know the song. Yep. It's and, and the minute you start playing, there's been a few times I've actually uh, started to play. I'll, I'll never play it in the house when Aaron is is when Aaron is home at Chris's. But if it's just me and him jamming, and I'll crack out Nickelback, and he'll just be like, "Are you for for real? For real?" And I'm like, "Oh, sorry. I, I t- I'll see how how long I can go before I get shut down on it." Yeah. Um. So before we yeah. get into kind of the whole five iron frenzy, Brave Saint Saturn. Uh, that area, which I do want to get into that for you, let's kind of uh, peel back. So let's start off with, usually I end up forgetting to ask this during the show, and I have to throw it at my guests at the end, but we're going to kick it off with it. So do you own any vinyl? I do not. I wish I did. I'm very jealous because I have friends who do, and like uh, Trevor, who's my co-host on Retro Bliss, he has vinyl, and he has the vinyl record player. And I've been over to his house plenty of times where they played it, and it just feels so much warmer than just a CD, and I'm very jealous of it. I don't currently have it, but I've definitely listened to tons of it. All right. Uh, I guess so. Uh, no vinyl, no records. Uh, what was some of the first er, first uh, memories of music you remember as a kid? Were they, uh, what, I mean, you were talking about how your grandfather at church didn't like the, didn't like, um, the drum set in the church. You talked about how your mom was a big fan of Elvis, so... Yeah. What was the kind of music influence growing up? Was it very much, uh, I don't want to say oldies, but was it that? No, no, it definitely was not. In the area that I'm at, I'm down here in North Carolina. I'm kind of towards the, I'm between uh, Charlotte and the mountains, sort of. I'm kind of between those two things. Okay. Uh, country music is huge. It's a humongous thing. And my mom to this day loves country music. So when I was growing up, that's all I would here, I didn't have any control over anything. It was country music and the songs in Disney movies were basically my soundtracks at that time when I was young. Uh, so, but then I luckily kind of grew out of that. Not the Disney stuff. Still love that. I'm not going to, not ashamed of that. Lion King soundtrack still bumps. Dude, it's still a good one. Uh, yeah, it's very good. Uh, but there, there's a couple country artists that I still like to this day. Like I still like Garth Brooks. Uh, you know, I still like, like my mom's a giant Reba McIntyre fan and she still has some really good songs. Uh, but, you know, I kind of grew out of that when I got a little older and I could buy my own CDs. I still remember the, the first album I ever bought was, you ever heard of Smash Mouth? Oh, yeah, I've heard of Smash Mouth. Yeah, the song that had their all-star song on it, that's the first album I ever bought. Uh, and then I quickly bought, after that, I bought uh, Three Doors Down, and I kind of went that direction. Uh, but I also have some, I'm sure you do this too, I, I definitely have bought some albums that when I got older, I'm like, I'm never going to listen to this anymore. <laughs> what, what, what were some of those uh, guilty pleasure albums that you're like, I won't listen to this again? Like what? Give us. Oh some. man, Limp, Limp Biscuit comes to mind really <laughs> quick. Uh, very ashamed of that today. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Listen, I remember a point in my life whenever I turned on the radio, all I heard was Limp Biscuit, and I unfortunately oh God, was yeah. too young to realize who Limp Biscuit was, but. I remember them being yeah. on the radio a lot. Oh yeah, they were they were huge at one point. Uh, also, Creed. I had, I had a couple of Creed albums, and they were humongous at one point. Oh man, uh, there was another. One. I, I did have some Nickelback ones too, but you know, um, I'm trying to think of. But it wasn't until so later that I understood what my dad would listen to, uh, because he wasn't normally in charge of like the radio or whatever. So we heard country music mostly. But mm-hmm. Dad loves uh like ccr like you know 
uh, Credence Clearwater Revival and bands like that. So that kind of got me into those bands too at a at a younger age. Oh, nice. Um, now, what what about around what age do you think that you started kind of branching off into finding your own music? Was it was it your teenage years or was it uh, late later in middle of high school? I want to say like my preteen my preteen years, I sort of started wanting to listen to different stuff. And then by the time I was a teenager in high school um, and then I got like a, you know, I got a, a job after school and I had my own income and I could go to the record store and buy my own album. That's when it really opened up to me. Uh, and I would get all the magazines that would tell you about all these new bands I hadn't heard of. And I was like, I got to listen to this band and I got to listen to that band. And at one point I actually prided myself on being the person who would introduce new bands to, to my friends that they hadn't heard of. Um, and I've been through all kind of kinds of genres. I, at one point I was a alternative rock guy. I loved all those bands. At one point I was a classic rock guy. I still kind of am on that a little bit. Uh, but like today I would say I listen to a lot of like folk music mostly. Uh, so I listen to everything, uh, pretty much except for, I even listen to rap. At one point I was really into rap. Uh, like I said, when I was younger, I was in the country. So I've kind of run the whole gambit really. See, there's nothing wrong with that, and I think that's normal in development and not even just – yeah, I guess I'd say that. It's normal in the development of an individual or maybe more or less a youth's life. Uh, I I know at one point when I was younger, the majority of what you're exposed to musically is is basically who controls the radio, your mother, your father, whoever turns it on, and kind of who you're exposed around. So if you get stuck with grandma all day, you're going to be listening to what grandma wants to listen to. Right. So I like I've had my fair share of introduction to to your oldies, your Elvis, the classic rock and the hair metal. And I remember breaking into like my whole punk ska thing in high school. So it's very interesting to see where people it's funny because a lot of them usually do end up being forced to listen to country, I feel, and how people start to break it off and be like, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. And you can see growth of how far out they will and how vastly it changes. Uh what age did you start realizing your your interests are changing? It's like after high school and all that, you said you kind of would jump from alt rock to heavy metal to even uh, even so like had a rap phase. How long did these phases last? Were they like a year or two or was it kind of like flavor of the month wise? I kind of feel like they would last until I would find another band that maybe had a different sound and that would kind of gravitate toward other bands that sounded like that band, if that makes any sense. Um like I would say for a long time I was, you know, I was into three doors down. I was using mm-hmm. as an example. And then maybe I would discover new bands from that. Like um, I'm blanking on it. Like let's, I remember when I was like in my early twenties and I'd always, I don't know why I'd always like the Beatles are awful. That's what I would always say, but I never really listened to them. I was just basing that on them being an old band, you know, and then when I was in like my early 20s, I was like, I'm going to listen to some Beatles. And I fell in love with the Beatles. So I had a whole Beatles phase because of that. All right. And yeah, and, and I will say, I think you're right about country music. But I will also say, I think just like any other genre of music, in my, this is just my opinion. In my opinion, there are a lot of very good country artists who you just don't hear about because they don't make the mainstream radio. Um, and if it wasn't for country music, I would have never discovered Johnny Cash, and he's one of my all-time favorites. All right, I, I definitely, uh, I think, I think that is prevalent with a lot of a lot of uh, bands and people is that you get exposed to what's on the radio, 
and what you hear on the radio is always the same five songs or the same five artists that yeah. are have that have yeah. big hits. You don't notice them. I'll say me personally, not being in the big country scene, and even the friends that I have that were big into country music, uh, I not out of choice or just I guess just out of instance because we knew we didn't have the same taste. We never would talk music, so. Right. So like yeah. I wouldn't so yeah. I wouldn't come to learn about the other underground country artists that you got to know about. All I know and I'm exposed to is the country that's on the radio. And I'll say as far as country goes, I don't mind it. I I kind of like country rock, but uh a little bit like what your mother was listening to. My mom always played the Garth Brooks, Shania Twain, early yeah. Toby Keith. Bef- yes. the, yeah. Early like <laughs> greatest hits number 2 just as he did his Afghan war tours. Not bad. Yes. And I have nothing against patriotic music. It's just, it's kind of like, like Christian rock. I have nothing against Christianity at all, but I just, I don't want to hear about preaching and music. That's just not my right, flavor. Right. Understandable. No, if that's kind of what I want, I'll go to, I'll go to like a church or yeah. I'll go to a different setting to kind of yeah. get that. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I'm not a, I'm not a person. I, 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 I have nothing against patriotic music, but I am not going to go out of my way to listen to it. So yeah, it feels, it feels over to me again, just my opinion. A lot of it feels very overhanded, and like it's very beating you over the head with mm-hmm. it kind of thing. Yes, like we get yeah. it. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah that's, I get it. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I guess just because we're on the topic of country right here, I'm just curious. Um, I'm you mentioned Johnny Cash, and we also mentioned kind of uh, I go Garth Brooks is when I think of like country rock, like I think of '90s country rock. Yeah. Uh, just to settle the question, the uh, the age old debate. Do you prefer the old, old twangy country where it was like old school Johnny Cash um, and like, oh, man, what, what are some of the country artists, the seniors, like the fathers of the artists now that like yeah. they were the cliche twangy sound? Do you prefer Did you do like that over the rock part or it's I to this day feel that Johnny Cash is, for example, was a transcending type of artist. He wasn't just a country artist. You could get, you could play him on other stations and he would fit right in, uh, because lyrically and just the way his, he has such a distinct voice, just the way his voice even sounded was so distinct that I couldn't just pigeonhole him in one thing. I mean, I know what you mean. Like a lot of the older stuff does have a bit of a twang to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally get that. But I don't know if I'd put him in that same category. That's maybe me nitpicking. But um, I lean towards, when it comes to country in general, I lean toward the older stuff. The newer stuff, and I'm going to be saying this a lot, in my opinion. If you Please, if you love the newer country, I'm not telling you not to listen to it. Go mm-hmm. listen to it. But uh, a lot of the newer stuff for me, and there's still some good new songs that I hear every once in a while. But a lot of the newer country, I mean, that gets played on the radio at least feels very overproduced but i could put that on any type of uh, music on the radio all of it to me <laughs> that's mainstream top 40 music to me just feels so overproduced and it's hard for me to get into it i like music that i feel could be played in your living room like you could have the band play that music right into your face in the living room and it would sound authentic and real to you that's the kind of music i usually kind of like i like that um and i'll say going right back to kind of like you said your dad's taste like classic rock uh, southern, even like I don't, know, I don't know if you if you listen to a lot of southern rock, and I don't want to say it's because you're in the south. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't want to be like you're in the south, so you listen to southern rock. Obviously, I'm, I don't know. I'm definitely aware of it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe you do or don't, but uh, I'll say a lot of southern rock, 
70s classic rock is that very good jam feeling that you could put yeah you put cc ccr for an, is a perfect example you could put them on any day any time any playlist at any event and you're not going to get hated on yeah and ccr by the way it sounds really good on vinyl the old uh, records of them are, are amazing mm-hmm. uh but yeah i'm with you on that there's some like uh you know uh uh, Leonard Skinner or whoever you can throw anybody in there and they got such a, a rich lush in my opinion lush kind of sound to them uh, I don't like all their stuff but I do like quite a bit of it mm-hmm. I think uh, you said it perfectly I've never heard Leonard Skinner described as lush yeah <laughs> I'm over the only one to feel like it's that way but I mean just just really truly listen to Stairway to Heaven and just let it fill your ears and just listen to how it's kind of feels the whole air if that makes any mm-hmm. sense, like the no, whole song's the whole thing. I, I wasn't hating on your on description though. Like I think you, I think that's a perfect way to describe it because it has a it has a fulf, a fulfilling sound. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Like, which uh, Five Iron Frenzy and Brave Saint Saturn do as well. Exactly. Which is where we're getting into. Um, I so getting into like a fulling and and a pleasing and enjoyment sound. Have you ever ended up seeing, uh, especially specifically focusing on Five Iron and Brave Saint Saturn. Have you ever been able to seen see any of them in concert? I saw Five Iron once. Um, I've actually been very lucky. I've gotten to see a lot of bands I really like live. I've seen quite a few uh, throughout my throughout my years. Um, but one time, my church group when I was in the youth went up to a, there's like this big church, I mean church, there's this big rock, Christian rock festival that was going on. They had so many bands that were playing there and one of them was them. Um, and I got to listen to them there. I, co- I don't remember what it was called. I think they still have it today, but, uh, so I got to see them once, but it was very brief because, you know, when you're on those big venues, you only get to play so long before you got to get off for the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have listened to them some live, and of course, I've watched some of the live videos, and I had the live record they had, so I've definitely heard them live before. Uh, but uh, I'm glad you brought up live shows. Uh, I've seen some really great live shows. Uh, what, I've, are some, what are some of the best live shows you've seen? The one at Paul Smith, the or, biggest. I, have you ever heard of the Decemberist? Like the like the month December. It's like the month of December, but you had uh, ist to it. Decemberist is the name of the band. Never heard oh, of them. Freaking fantastic live. Holy crap. But a lot of their music tells stories too, so that's probably why I kind of gravitate toward them. That's the first one that really popped in my head. I really love them a lot. Uh, I'll go, and I'll add a mainstream one on top of that, Foo Fighters. Uh, I went to go see a a um, Red Hot Chili Peppers concert when I was in high school, and the Foo Fighters actually opened for them, and, ended up, and I ended up loving the Foo Fighters more than the Chili Peppers. Uh, so uh, that, they're fantastic live. Um, I've seen so many bands live, like Switchfoot. I don't know if you've even heard of Switchfoot, but I've literally seen them live three times and they sound amazing live every time. The, the bands I really like are the ones where they sound just as good live as they do on record. And I've been very lucky that most of the bands that I've went to go see have, have been just that. See, that's always, that's always one of the, one of the worst instances where, and you can't really fault a band if they're not, because I, I definitely feel that some bands are either live bands or album or studio bands. Right. Yes. And, and, and you have a good mix of in the middle where it's like, okay, they can do the live shows or their studio albums aren't the best, and they kind of in the gray area. But uh, when you get a good live band and they just blow you away and just like sold me, like I'm in. 
yeah. the long haul. Yeah, and uh, another another one I would add is let's get back into the kind of the Christian part of it. Is this guy named Andrew Peterson, and he's kind of a singer songwriter, and I've seen him live multiple times, and that is such an a authentic feeling of his music because it just kind of fills the air too, and it's just. If you like that type of stuff, I highly recommend it. But he's amazing live as well. Now, in, in the spirit of seeing shows live and because that's the thing is that when you go see a show live, depending on the venue, it can really cause a an intimacy a part of the setting. Like the setting, if right. you're at a large arena watching, um, just for example, for like like Justin Timberlake or Backstreet Boys or one of those like the the mega the mega stars where you're like it's going to cost you seven hundred dollars to get three rows from him. Right. You're not going to get the same experience as if you went to the local venue down the hall or down the street from you that, you know, it fits maximum 300 people and you got up front and you sang with the singer. Right. What are some of the more uh, memorable venues that you remember seeing bands at? Was there anything that really just stuck out that maybe it wasn't even the band, but uh, they, they played so well and you had such a great time that you're like, this topped it. There was this place in Charlotte. I've been to both types of concerts. I've been to the big ones. I've been to the big outdoor ones. Uh, and I've also liked the, you know, the Chili Peppers, for example, is at the big outdoor Coliseum in Charlotte. Like, I've been to that. And it was great and it was fun. But I think, to me personally, I prefer the smaller venues where it's more intimate. I like those a lot more. Uh, just because you feel like you're kind of a part of it in a way, if it makes any sense. Like, I feel like the bigger ones, it doesn't matter if I'm there or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um so there was this place in Charlotte, I actually think it recently closed down, sadly, but it was called Tremont Music Hall, hmm. and they would have all kinds of amazing bands go through there, and I went well, I went there multiple times because not only did they have great bands, but it was affordable for me, too. Like, I mean, I was, you know, I was a young guy, it's not like I was making tons of money, so the fact that I can get a ticket for like, you know, 20 bucks and under to see a band I wanted to see was flipping awesome for me. Uh, so I got to see a lot of great bands that way. Uh I've been very fortunate too that I also have friends like Trevor, for example, who will try new music and will try to listen to new music too as well. And we have kind of similar tastes when it comes to that. So we'll go to concerts together. I'm not usually, I've never had to go to one by myself, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, but I also think that's part of the experience too is being able to experience this music with your friends. I think it's kind of a big deal, in my opinion. I, d- I definitely agree with you. Uh, I unfortunately, well, I won't say unfortunately, because just me personally. Um, it's definitely not as fun when you're at a show by yourself. I've been lucky enough that some of the ones that I've showed up in more recent, in the more recent year or two, uh, I become a little bit closer friends with some of the more of the local bands that end up playing. So even when I'm in the crowd by myself or when like the first opener song, I may be hanging by myself, but by the second or third band, my friends are done playing. I know I'm not going to be there entirely alone. So I kind of, I'm a little lucky there, yeah. but I can definitely understand because when you go in before, but when you show up at a venue by yourself, and you definitely don't know anyone and you don't know the band opening up. So you don't, so you're alone the entire time. It can be very, very um, nerve wracking for some people, especially because at these smaller shows, it's where you kind of get up to go and meet the bands. Is there any bands that you kind of uh, have met that really left a mark that, you know, they always say, don't meet your idols, don't meet your heroes. And when you do, I mean, it can make or break it just for like a small example of mine. Like I met the guys from real big fish. I was or I, I was nervous as all hell when I was a little kid back in like was it tenth eleventh grade at Warp Tour, and they were so cool and fun that it was kind of like oh I get this this is uh they're not these giant larger than life giants, 
were you able to uh, have any similar experiences? I've, I'm very lucky in that the, the people that I have met who are in bands have all been very awesome. I don't have, I can't think of a single negative experience, a negative experience that I've had. So that's a very, I mean, I know I'm very lucky in that. I've mm-hmm. been very fortunate to meet a lot of famous people in different things. Uh, because mostly because I do a lot of, I used to, well, I used to do a lot of cons and stuff. So I'd see a lot of people there that way. But when it comes to bands specifically, uh, I'm trying to think of one that really stands out, but they were also nice and pleasant. Like, it's not like any were jerks and I feel like jerks would stand out more. Um, honestly, they've all been great. Uh, I met, uh, there was this band called Seabird. I was really into for a while and I got to meet them. They were very awesome. Uh, Andrew Peterson, I'll just use him cause I brought him up before. Uh, he actually was, he actually had written a series of books too. And I, so I brought one of those to the concert that I was going to just to have him sign it. And he sat there on, like he sat on the stage with his legs hanging off of it, just talking to me. And he talked to me for like 10 minutes, just like a person, just like a dude, you know, just about, about just the, the books and the stuff that kind of inspired him and stuff. And we were just talking about like Lord of the Rings was a thing we started talking about. Cause I love Lord of the Rings and he, and he does too. Um, uh, so that's probably the biggest one that really stood out to me is, uh, you're right. I think that's one of the coolest things when you meet somebody who you've sort of in one way or another kind of put up on this pedestal, uh, like your real big fish or, or, or five iron frenzy or whoever, you know? And then when you actually get to meet them or you hear them and even when you hear them in interviews, like you interviewed, um, uh, I, I'm blanking on a real name because I always call her, thank you. I was like, call her Jeff the girl too. Uh, <laughs> Like when you interviewed her, she just sounded so down to earth and awesome to talk to, you know, and that's what I've discovered with most of these people who are in these bands that I've, that I've talked to. They're just regular people who just happen to have this amazing gift that they, that they're sharing with us. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, I guess, I guess one of the things I'm always realizing or not realizing I'm, I'm more or less learning and it just becomes clear and clear is that with when every time I get to. I get lucky enough if I get to meet or talk to the guy, talk to guys at bands. It's just that they are just like you and me. And dude, listen, uh, you just kind of presented this opportunity for this cheap, harmless plug. And I got to say, as far as creative and these musicians are and how they are just like you and me, and they they have this creative gift to put out music as an artist. Listen, divers, we're going to take a side moment here. If you're looking for some creative inspiration, incredible cartoonized characterized art johnny townsend is the artist for you he is the man because he doesn't (laughs) he doesn't pimp himself out enough (laughs) i feel weird doing it (laughs) i know i know and that's why that's why you guys have people like me that can do it and i'm telling you all head over to his instagram johnnyism28 we're gonna have him plug that in at the at the end of this episode again in case you didn't already know about it and uh head over there get some art dude your art's phenomenal and and realistically like that's i guess kind of the same thing is that you know you are you're a skilled creative artist that is putting out their work for other people to enjoy just like these musicians and you know i mean we are just like them and they are just like us some of them just have had enough opportunities to get luckier and make you know millions and millions and we just not there yet and not every band gets to get big and blow up some bands kind of dismember and you know the singer wants to go off and become a nurse right when the band seems like it's going to step to that next level such as reese from five iron and saint uh brave sad uh crap i'm gonna mix up this name uh brave, brave saint saturn brave yeah. saint saturn so <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit of brave saint saturn and five iron so 
you ended up finding out about them from a Christian camp, the, right. a Christian summer camp. Now, were you in high school or middle yeah, school? Yeah, I, w- I think I was I was around, I want to say I was like a freshman in high school right in there, if I'm thinking right. Okay. Um, so, um, what I, was, what was your first song or what was the first song that really stuck out to you that you remember listening to a five layer and you're like, all right, I can get into this because Scott isn't all that bad, I guess. One of the songs that really stood out to me was like on distant shores. Uh, the, the, well, it's the album where I'm trying to find out the name of it. It's the ones like all their album art is always strange and interesting to me too, that they always put out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on the, the end is near album. I think is what it's called. Uh, but they had a lot of really good songs on there, and that was probably the first album of theirs that I really gave a hardcore listen to. Um, and that came out in two thousand and three, uh, and so I'd heard of them plenty of times before then because I definitely went to that Christian camp before two thousand and three. But uh, and then um, in two thousand and one, had uh, Electric Boogaloo, and I know I listened to that one quite a lot too. Yeah, the, uh, Far Far Away is such a great song. Uh man, they got so many good songs. Far Far Away, Eulogy. That's that was my big that was my jam, man. It was the last song on that album on the Electric Boogaloo was Eulogy. I freaking love that song. Uh so they they had a lot of songs that I really did like. And then they would also have these really upbeat um just I know when you were talking to uh the woman who actually played in the band, when you're talking to her, uh she was meant you you brought up the fact that it's it's also on top of all these things. It's 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 kind of happy, you know. It's you're you're mm-hmm. just if you if you get no joy listening to them at any point in that album, I don't know what I can do for you. <laughs> you know, uh, there's just such obvious joy they're having playing in these music. Even when the songs get dark, like Eulogy, uh, there's still some joy and hope there, which I think is why I really gravitated toward this band quite a lot. I I definitely uh, I I, I like. I'm not mad that I found Five Iron when I did because, you know, I found them. But it is very discouraging when you find a band and you're just like, sweet, let me get more music. And you're like, nothing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then you get like a Kickstarter and you're like, sweet, something yeah. else. And then after that, there's nothing. I remember that Kickstarter, too, because I know they'd went away for a long time. And that Kickstarter came up and I know all my friends were like, hey, did you see this? And we were all very excited about it. And that was a great album, too, that came from that. So I also was very excited that she seems to be hitting it more to come. Uh, so uh, your boy Johnny's very excited for that as well. Listen, listen, if there's some more five iron, I'm not going to be mad at that one. And I mean, if we're going to talk about future episodes for you and me, a future episode is that I have not gone through and gone over the engine of a million plots from the Kickstarter. Oh, good. So when you want to, yeah. I'll make sure that that is your episode. Oh, yeah. And we haven't even gone into my love of folk music. So there's so many yeah. bands I want to introduce you to there, too. Uh, but let's kind of get into uh Brave yeah, St. Saturn, if you don't mind. Let's talk to some Brave St. Saturn, of course. Uh, this has just been a fun journey of talk of music. So Brave St. Saturn, I will just preface this by saying, so when you initially said, hey, check out their uh, first album, that's what I'll kind of listen to. I went to iTunes, as I would with any band, searched up the band name, went to their albums, and I downloaded the earlier song, the, er, the first album. Yeah, or so you thought. <laughs> or so I thought. <laughs> As Johnny Hint points out. So on iTunes, there's only two albums for Brave St. Saturn. They have the uh, the second album, which I thought was the first, called The Light of Things Hoped For. Yeah. And the second one is Anti-Meridian. Yes. And I listen to all of The Light of Things Hoped For, and I'll say, I it's not my favorite album, but you know what? 
I do love Reese's voice singing. That's one thing I love about Fiverr. I'm glad you so said to that. To hear him sing, he's got a very unique voice, and it sound it, like it's his voice. But this doesn't sound like Fiverr. This sounds more of like a progressive rock. I I experimentalish. Yeah, I'm with you on this 100. Yeah. percent The singers that I also gravitate toward are the ones that have their own uh, feel and sound to them. I don't. I mean, I like, don't get me wrong. I like, if somebody can sing well and they sound like everybody else who sings well, I still like them. But, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, Johnny Cash was a great example. I mean, he definitely doesn't sound like anybody else. He sounds like Johnny Cash. Reese, to me, in one song, and especially on Brave Saint Saturn, he can display like a total range of emotions with his voice. Uh, I mean, he can do, he can hold a melody like nobody else. And then on top of that, he can almost do the like the screaming thing and it still have a melody to it. Uh, so you mm-hmm. can just get so much. I got so much feeling just from the way his voice sounds when he sings, to when it cracks up at times. It just, it just all gives me like these feelings. It fits the song. It makes me feel more into the song. Uh, just the way his voice sounds. I, and I think obviously he sings in Five Iron Frenzy too, and he's awesome on there. And I do love Five Iron Frenzy, but for whatever reason, I feel that Brave Saint Saturn gives his voice a chance to actually really shine even more so than it does in Five Iron. Mm-hmm. Well, I think in Five Iron, he uh, not it's not a he does it on purpose. Maybe I don't think this, but more or less, you have the horns, you have the ska flavor to kind of fill that void as well. Yeah. But when you don't have that, and you have just like you know, it's, I think it was a four piece band, and you're the singer, you don't have those horns to kind of throw that inflection where right. you don't have horns playing and you're dancing on stage having fun. You're now you're the front man. You are the front, and. I'm going to tell you, I, you could hear it in his voice with Brave Saint. And from when I've, I got to see him play and when I've seen videos of live Five Iron, you could see him, like his face. He gets into the microphone and he gets deep and he gets emotional yeah. that like, I mean, I don't know if I don't know if you're the kind of person that when you're driving and singing, I love singing his songs yeah, I do. in the car. You're, you're talking about my 20s right there, my friend. That's, that's what I did. I would play his albums, uh, especially Brave St. Saturn. I would sing along to the songs. I had certain ones I really loved. I made a whole... Actually, what I would do when I had all three albums, I picked the songs that I loved out of all three of them and put them on one CD for myself that I could just sing along to in my car. So I definitely know what you're talking wow. about 100%. Yeah, it's... It's it's definitely a thing, and I think it's kind of criminal that it's really hard to find this first album now. Apparently, because mm-hmm. uh, it's still it's got it's, some really really good songs on there that I'd be sad if I didn't get to hear. Yeah, so let's actually get into this first album. Um, I figured we'll talk a little bit about the first two albums, and I didn't get to listen to the third one. Maybe it'll be a follow up uh, and see what we can go from yeah. there. Uh, for this first one, so basically, as you said before, the. Brave Saint Saturn put out a three albums. I don't know if it initially started as a goal to do three different albums, or if it just kind of ended up this way. Yeah, but the way yeah, this I'm not, band- yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I just I just know that the uh, that they tell a complete story between the three of them. It's like it's one whole mm-hmm. story between them. Yeah. They tell the story between a it was a five man team that goes up leaving Earth to go to orbit and chart the rings of Saturn, right. essentially. So the first album is called um, So Far From Home, right? Yes. Let me see, make yeah, sure. Yeah, you got it right. Yeah. So Far From Home, and it's basically the journey of these astronauts leaving and heading to Saturn. The second album is about them getting caught in a gravitational pull from one of the moons of Saturn 
And then the third one is about them coming away and escaping in an escape pod to then come home and dealing with the repercussions of that. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty you, heavy. <laughs> it, it really is. And now that when you know that going in, in through, and I really listened to the second album today and kind of uh, like listening to the lyrics and you're just like, like these are some deeper and heavier songs. Yeah. And it's very uh, immersive when they start incorporating like the NASA recording. Yes. Thank you. I'm glad you said that. Uh, my favorite song on the first album is 229 and it's got the whole little part there. It kind of opens up with the challenger shuttle recording part. And for those who don't know in our history on the reason that this really stands out to me, cause I literally turned three on this day. The challenger shuttle was going to be the first mission ever that NASA was going to send a uh, a civilian up in space. She was a teacher, and they were going to like it was a big deal. So schools all across the country were watching this, and it and it blows up, and everyone on board dies. It's really sad and tragic. Uh, so they kind of used the audio from that from the beginning. So I knew something bad was going to happen in this song, and it's kind of the song that starts to tell you that these people are going to have some issues. Um, I'll tell you this, and I think it's because I kind of stayed with the band from the beginning. Uh, to their second album, then to the third one. Uh, the third one, uh, and I'm not really spoiling anything for an album that's been out over 10 years now, but the third one, when I actually come home, I'm not lying, when I heard the song that actually tells you about them coming back to orbit, that they actually make contact with Earth, I shed a tear. Because it was such a real moment for me, because I'd been on this journey with these guys, and, and on you know, in this ship, from these songs. Uh, that's how that's how gripped I was by these albums, and I don't know. And there's been other albums that have gripped me for sure. Other concept albums I have, but the fact that this is a trilogy of it and it tells one concise story in a way, uh, just about these these uh, these poor people who were just trying to you know just go to Saturn and just look at the rings and really obviously it's got a big sci-fi feel too, which really helps me because I love sci-fi stuff. Uh, but yeah, it, I'll tell you what, I've shed a tear on a number of these songs. They really cut to my, to my soul. <laughs> like mm-hmm. 229, for as, example, is a great one of those. Well, I think um, I didn't make the connection as I was listening to uh, the first album. So I'll say on YouTube, basically, if you want to listen to this first album, you have to search Brave St. Saturn with each song title, and you don't even get all the songs. Right, um, yeah, that's true. There, I couldn't listen to... I don't think I got to listen to Fireworks. Data Stream 1 I couldn't listen to, and Moon Burns Bright couldn't listen right. to. I've never, I couldn't find them. And from what I was getting, it was, uh, I mean, it was it stayed in the Wikipedia, but listening to it, I'll say that the first album really doesn't tell the whole concise story, like, these guys are going somewhere. You don't get that at first. Yeah, I, I kind of um, think when they were making this album, like, they wanted this loose concept to it. And then as they were like, you know what, we should do another one. Maybe they kind of decided to grow upon that. I know I've kind of told stories that way before in my stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But there are some standout tracks to this that you did get to hear. Like I think yeah. uh, 229, for example, I've already said that one enough. But uh, Space mm-hmm. Robot 5 was another one I really loved. Oh, I love that song. That was so good. Um, if you end up searching it up, I'm pretty sure the prologue is built into it. Is. It is, yeah. On YouTube. Love it. And the... Uh, the, the element of like this synth and this electronic bit to it, almost like yeah. the uh, I don't know what I don't know like the Wii U, like the Wii U's. I I think I think that another reason I love Brave Saint Saturn. They're not the only band that does this, but 
when it's not just re-singing and it's the actual instruments, they too, whether it's the Sith or the guitar that they're using, they too can give you a sense of uh, some sort of emotion there that they're going mm-hmm. for. They do a really good job of that. And, sh- and uh, a Space Robot 5 definitely does that for me. And uh, like then, But then they can do that, and then they'll get to, um, I think it's Shadow of Death, which is basically a rap song. Yeah, <laughs> so it'll do that, and then after that, you'll get to Under Bridges, which is like this ballad song that's another one of my favorites that really will cut to your soul as well. I'll say I wanted actually to bring up that one is uh, Under Bridges. So this is kind of like me as the non non religious person looking at the I would say of the album, I felt like this was one of the more heavier Jesus like, right like songs like directly about like Jesus about caring and loving and kind of like you know, just being good, being a faith, being a faithful person and like, you know, just pushing love. Yeah, it definitely does. And religion aside, it still has a good message of love. Like, you know, it's talking about the, the poor homeless man and the people that are hurt underneath the bridge. Yeah. And it, you listening to it, it makes you feel sad that it also gives you this uplifting feeling of like, you need to do good. Yeah. And I, th- I really did like, it. I think it also, and five iron frenzy does this as well. I think they do a really good job of, of like having this message of hope, but also saying, Hey, uh, just because you're, this is something I firmly believe forever. Just because I say I'm Christian, that doesn't mean I'm better than anybody. Not at all. I'm in fact, it should mean that since I feel that I know the truth, that I should know how to treat people. You know, I should know that I should actually love people instead of judging them. And I shouldn't be tossing somebody out, you know, uh, and hating them for just because they think differently than I do. Or stuff like that. And I think they kind of do a good job. Like Under Bridges is a great example. Talking about these people under this bridge who are being ignored, basically. Uh, even by other Christians. So, uh, I kind of think they do a really good job of saying, hey, being a Christian doesn't mean that you're better than anybody else. Because you're not. Mm-hmm. I mean, Johnny, you <laughs> you say it, you say it perfect there. Uh, I, I couldn't have said it any better. Like, for real. And, uh, and I'll say that as far for someone that isn't religious, that is more or less I'm my my beliefs and faith are kind of very open. More like I believe in energy. I believe in kind of like you know just being good and kind of more of like a meditation, more of like a Buddhist type, right? Like you know good and bad, yeah. you know good karma type of an ideals. And when you can get someone like me that I I don't go out of my way to listen to stuff about Christianity. And when I hear something like that, and if he, and it pulls on my heartstrings and my and it tugs at me, saying like, "Ah, I, I need to do better." Still, I think it says something about the band and their music and their message. You know? Yeah, I think so too. Um, it's, I know for some people, it's definitely a deal breaker because some people are, and I hundred percent understand it, are definitely anti-Christian. Mm-hmm. I get it. Uh, a lot of Christians, myself included, I've definitely failed at this many times are not always the the best examples of Jesus. Uh, you know, just that's putting it lightly. Um, so, but I do think that it's sort of, it's sort of a good thing to, if you truly feel, this is me kind of getting, I know I do not want to come off preachy, but uh, no, hopefully, hopefully no. you know this because we've been friends long enough um, mm-hmm. that I would rather put out this feeling of, of that I, no, like it matters more to me that if you're a good person or rather instead if you go to church or not. Like I don't care if you go to church or not. I don't care if you're a Buddhist. I don't care about anything. Like I don't. It doesn't matter to me 
uh, you know, your anything about you, as long as I know you're a good person. That's what matters to me. Are you how you treat other people matters to me. How I treat other people matters to me. Uh, that's more important to me. And I think that's what uh, one of the big messages in this band. It's way more about that than having a stamp of I believe in this or I believe in that. It's way more of how do you, you know, the best way to show that actual belief or that you feel is the truth is how you treat other people. Would would you would you say, be being Christian, and being someone that has listened to Christian, you know, being someone that listened to Christian rock and you know grew up and went to like a Christian camp, I'm sure there's other Christian bands you end up listening to and being fans of. Would you consider? What what do you consider a Christian band? Do you consider a Christian band a band that ends up singing songs that that mentions Jesus and mentions the teachings, or would you consider a Christian band that, if you talk about Jesus and you talk about stuff like this from Brave Saint Santa, where they're not pushing their religious views on you heavily, they're right. just kind of like like they're not they're not telling you to go to church. They're not, te- they're not telling you what to do. They're just saying you know be a good person and be more mindful. Would you consider that a Christian band still? That's a great question. I know there's been plenty of times where there have been bands who I kind of feel they're Christian bands, but you wouldn't find them in any uh, Christian music store or anything like that. You know, there have been plenty of times that it's happened for me, and it's only the big, uh, you know, your big, like, Jaws of Clay or whoever bands that people are like, yeah, that's definitely a Christian band because their song says, you know, pray to Jesus. Like, it says it in a song or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of feel that if... Also, well, also kind of feel to me, Christian or not, you don't have to be Christian. If you're telling, if you have good music and has a great message that really speaks to me, it doesn't, it, it, to me, it doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make yeah. any sense? Like, I, I don't, oh, I don't yeah. care if a band's Christian or not. I care way more if this music is speaking to me and the message that it's kind of giving me. Uh, but your question's great, though. I've, I think, um, it's been alluded to before, again, uh, going back to your interview with, with Jeff the Girl, uh, or Eleanor, right? It's Eleanor, right? I want to actually... Leonor. Leonor, thank you. I want to call her her actual name. Uh, where, for some bands, especially the ones that I kind of gravitate towards, who were Christian bands, quote-unquote, uh, they're not Christian enough for some Christians, you know? Uh, they wouldn't consider them a Christian band. Switchfoot's a great example. They kind of became mainstream, but they're a band who, if you just kind of listen to them stuff... They sort of allude to it a little bit, but they don't just come right out and say it, you know. Uh, and so a lot of people are like, yeah, they're not a Christian band because of that. They're not Christian enough for me or or whatever. They're too mainstream. I think it's kind of a big issue. I know one of the biggest problems or biggest things in my when I was going to church, and I was actually a youth leader at one point, so I know it was a big deal with the youth too, even as I got older, uh, was the older people were like, you know, what you listen to is important because what messages messages you're putting into yourself, into your brain are very important. And a lot of the kids are just going to gravitate towards, uh, Chris, like if they're going to stay Christian, they're going to go into the rock stuff. They don't want to just listen to hymns all day. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, you got to listen to something else. You got to diversify it a little bit. Uh, and you know, you're going to get into, you're kind of figuring out who you are, especially at that age. So I, I think that, uh, the biggest issue for me, and this is not just Christian music, I think this is a lot of music, is that they want to pigeonhole, they want to say this music is this, instead of just letting the music kind of speak for itself. Like, it shouldn't matter uh, if something's country or if something's rap. If I like the song, I like the song. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think as far as pigeonholing and speaking for itself, Brave Saint Saturn uh, definitely does that because, I mean, they have a little bit of, like, they definitely have that elemental, that element and underlying roots. But, I mean, as far as I remember from what I, I, from my exposure to church and religion is that, like, outer space and exploration really isn't a religious like the religious topic that gets delved into a lot in that direction. So the fact that they're like, no, we're a religious band, but we're also acknowledging space. We're going to go like sci, like sci-fi, like to my knowledge, you could correct me if I'm wrong, if that is a thing, but from all the five friends that I, that were religious and that did go to church, never once did it ever go into like a science fiction topic and stuff like that was not <laughs> yeah. a, it was kind of not taboo, but it was like, no, no, they didn't discuss that. No, it's it just didn't go in that direction. So if they're like, no, we're going to blatantly tell you we're going out to a different planet. We're coming yeah. back. And this was the point of this album and this project, you know, especially their second album. Uh, the one I got to listen to, um, oh, The Light of Things for Hope, The Light of Things Hoped For. This album right here, I'm going to tell you, uh, I had a lot of rush 2112 vibes where yeah. it was uh that astro spacey like they they definitely brought that into it heavily and it even like i was getting like just feelings of uh 21 space uh i know i'm gonna butcher it and you, you all are gonna hate on me for this one you, you and two <laughs> was it 21 space odyssey yes yes i was getting very much that kind of vibe of like that lost in space, they really kind of captured that and put it into an album and they broke into like the severity of, uh, as part of the second album really does that. Um, yeah. I'm very curious. Conceptness. I'm very curious. Uh, if you ever get a chance to kind of give the third album a shot, just to see what you feel of it. I'm very curious what mm-hmm. your thoughts would be of it because it's, I mean, it's kind of finishing the whole story up too. And this is also why I kind of think there hasn't been another album because they kind of told the whole story. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, sort of like uh, when there's a trilogy and they tr- try to do a new trilogy or whatever. I don't know if they'd want to do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm very curious what you would think about this third album, honestly, because there's a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of very good emotional songs in it. I mean, I, I do love emotional songs. And after hearing what you had to say about the third one, about them returning home, it makes me want to go back and listen to them in order and kind of grab that entire story as a whole yeah. and kind of really feel that because to me, when you can make me break or make me feel for a song that, I mean, you, you hooked me no, no matter what style it is. If you got me and you can hook me, you got me. Uh, you, 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 you secured me. And especially on, I know in this album, I really loved Anastasia. Yes. That's a great song. Love that song. And then also, uh, Estrella. I just, yes. I don't know what it yeah. was. Just something about it. Just, just really kind of like you, you want to listen to the song a little bit more and you just really want to enjoy it. And, um, even the, so the one part where they do have the transcripts from NASA in between two or they're like, or it's not even from NASA, but it's like the mocked up NASA, like USS Gemini. This is, this is home base calling in and that, that urgency of like, you're out in space and we can't get back to you. We don't hear if you, we don't hear you if you're, if you're sending anything back. Right. Yeah. It really you feel lost with the band, I feel. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite songs on that second album is called Daylight. And if you actually go back and look at the lyrics of it, literally the chorus says, Daylight, save me. The whole story of the song is, they're, you know, they're like, the, the first the first lyric says, did you hear the news today? I'm not coming home. 
I mean, I just you start off on a dark foot, you know, a dark step right there. And then it mm-hmm. ends with uh, the bravest thing I have is hope. And that to me, that line to me sums up Five Iron Frenzy and Brave Saint Saturn. The bravest thing I have is hope is that right there. And for the longest time, and I still consider it today, that's a great mantra to have. I think religious or not, that is a great, like, right, yes. it doesn't, you don't have to be religious to have that. Like that is just of that alone. You, you said it, that is a really nice, strong mantra to keep. And I mean, I think that's one of the, one of the things I love in, um, five irons at the, the, it was a darkest stormy, stormy night is that the light of hope or is it that hope still flies? Yes. And it's like, even in all of this dark, this anger, or, uh, w- whether you want to take it in a religious context, whether you want to take it in just a however you're feeling and how, like, if you're feeling dark and down, hope still flies. It is okay. And that alone right there, just, that is great. Like, you could, like, I feel, I feel built up, like, kind of, like, talking about that. Right, yeah. And I think that's, I think it's one of the reasons why I really love this band. And, and Reese and anybody that's in both bands, uh, Wow, thank you so much for this music. It did a lot for me when I was in my early twenties and still kinda hits me now. So I mean dude, good music good music does this to you regardless. Yes. <laughs> and like I mean it's kinda tacky and cliche to say it maybe, but like for real, like I mean if 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 music is good and, and like if it's a good song, it's a good song. And I, I'm gonna tell you, on this one, I love these two albums. Uh no, I, I I don't. I know you on retro, how you guys on Retro Bliss. You try not to give everything a top star, right. and I try to do the same because if you give everything a top star, it takes away that mo- men, that monumental of like, man, these are my favorite. I'll tell you, like these are these are high up in my recommendation list. Like, Brave Saint Saturn has higher, I got higher, uh, higher tier of respect for that for the band. Yeah, than I do with other bands. Yeah, I obviously I'm going to agree with you. Uh, I. I love this band. Uh, one of my all-time favorites. I can still go back and listen to the songs now, even if my personal taste in music has changed. These still hit me. Uh, so that I think it's what to me really know, tells me these these songs stand out. Um, mm-hmm. I already know what I want to cover for the next time I'm on here. <laughs> awesome. We're gonna, go, we're gonna go a totally different direction. Sick. I I can't wait. Well, speaking of next time, I think it's uh, time we wrap up. And I just want to say, uh, Johnny, thank you so much for calling in. I, I really appreciate you sharing your time. And I know your schedule is very, very busy. I mean, you are slaving away day in, day out, doing sketch cards, drawing them up for people. Uh, can you let the good people know uh, where they can go and find your content? At? Oh, good. Yeah, Thank you for uh, eluding me down this road. Uh, go to Johnnyism28 on Instagram. That's where you'll find my art and stuff. I post a lot of it there. Uh, also, I do podcasting on this very same network. Uh, Retro Blist is a video game podcast uh, about older video games. History Creeps, uh, I do with uh, Chris. I don't know if you've had him on this sh- show, but Chris is on there with me. We talk about creepy things in history. And Retro Pop uh, is one where me and my buddy Matt talk about things in pop culture that, you know, we. All, I, I guarantee you'll never guess what we're going to talk about next. That's how we like to keep the show. We talk about all kinds of things. Uh, and I also have another. <laughs> and if you like basketball, I got a, an NBA podcast coming soon. <gasps> a basketball podcast coming soon? Yeah. Yep. I do. I do. Really? Oh, man. So you guys, you heard it there. Head on over. Check out Johnny. 
uh, support his work, follow his page, hit him up for some commission work. When we end up this episode, I actually have a commission request to shoot his way, so I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Divers, Mullen Eyes, thank you for tuning in, and uh, see you guys next time.